SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live from Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of the next two hours, I'm going to do my best to give you quality information, <laughs> accurate information, and some pretty good betting tales as well when it comes to NFL, NFL Draft, Major League Baseball, and NBA Hoops. And we have a loaded show. Hour number one, I'm bringing in my old friend Tom Hughes, the Hitman. He's going to talk NFL season wins. We'll talk NFL draft props. We're going to take our time and see if we can find you guys some good bets to make in the NFL. And we're also going to talk about the strategy behind those bets. We know point spread strategies. We know money line strategies. But when it comes to something unique like betting NFL draft props, how do you start? Where do you look? How do you compare lines? Hitman's going to break all that down for us. We'll see if we can get a couple of picks from him as well before he leaves the show. Hour number two, I'm going to talk MLB deep dive with Dave Koken. And Dave, I'll tell you what, this guy's he's killing baseball this year. He killed baseball last year. He killed baseball the year before that. Um, he's seeing things very well in MLB. And Koken, of course, uh, has been doing this, I would say, since before I was born. I'm on well on the wrong side of 50 now. Uh, so Koken, a legitimate legend in this space and someone who's really good at MLB handicapping. I'm going to ask him a bunch of questions about baseball handicapping as well as particular teams and pitchers that he's looking to bet on or bet against. So two strong guests for today's show. Hitman in hour number one, Smoking Dave Koken. In our number two. So it's the all nickname show with Teddy Covers going here. Uh, of course, the real name's Savransky, but it just doesn't roll off the tongue. I was lucky to get that nickname early on in my betting career, and I try to avoid Savransky as often. Huh? I don't mind in real life, but as a handicapper, Teddy Covers is the preferred moniker du jour. Today's show is going to be mostly about NFL and MLB. So I want to talk a little NBA right at the top. And NBA is a difficult animal for a lot of betters. You see it year in, year out. I say, what's the most frustrating sport? What's the sport gives you the most bad beats? What sports do you uh, shy away from big bets? And you hear it a lot. NBA, NBA, NBA. I'm not buying that. I love the NBA. <laughs> uh, and the clients and I have done uh, fairly well in NBA in recent seasons. Although, I'll be perfectly honest, my first, I would say, 10 years in Vegas, I didn't know how to beat the NBA. <laughs> I thought I did. I had some good seasons. I had some good stretches. But in terms of a broad philosophy, what's the best way to attack this league? That's only come for me, you know, maybe the last five or 10 years at the most. And the concept that I'm always looking for in the NBA is... What teams can we ride? Not one win, not two wins. What team can I ride for the next two weeks? What team can I fade for the next two weeks? And things change down the stretch of the campaign. 
it's definitely worth noting how things change down the stretch of an NBA season from a betting standpoint. For much of the year, I often look to take quote-unquote value with teams near the bottom of the standings. The Detroit Pistons made me money this year. Oklahoma City made me money this year. I made money with Orlando (laughs) at times. I mean, we're talking bottom feeders. And yet, over the first half, the first two-thirds of the season, when those teams are trying hard, there's money to be made. Sacramento made people money over the first half of the campaign. Uh, I mean, Cleveland uh, has had their runs over the course uh, of the season. But when you get into the dog days, post-All-Star break, and I tend to break my NBA seasons down, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say I break them down into three categories, but there's early season, there's mid-season, there's late season, and this is clearly late season NBA uh, as we approach uh, the final quarter of the campaign. When you talk about late season NBA betting strategies, the concept looking for value with bad teams is not a concept that makes money. <laughs> you know, your Oklahoma City, your Sacramento, your Cleveland, your Houston, you're tanking teams down the stretch. They're one way teams for me, they're fade only. And the place where I like to bet against these teams the most your Thunder, your Kings, your Cavs, your Rockets your bottom feeders, your Pistons, is at home. Why at home? Because they're not getting as many points. <laughs> you get these teams on the road, they're catching 16 from someone, they're catching 12 from someone, and they can lose and lose badly and sometimes sneak under the number. At home? I mean, look at what the Thunder have done at home <laughs> over the course of the last couple of weeks. Every game, they're blown out at halftime. There's no home court edge. The market still factor one in. But there's no home court edge for these bottom feeders. There's not a whole lot of effort left. And, you know, the Pistons great were a great story this year. They played hard for Dwayne Casey literally all year. But Detroit doesn't have a whole lot of talent. Now Jeremy Grant's starting to sit games. And uh, the time to back your bottom feeders has come and gone. If you're talking about the home stretch of the NBA season. I don't want my money on the worst teams. They were moneymakers in the past. They're not moneymakers for me down the stretch, and many of these teams in full-on tank mode as we speak. When we come back, it's Hitman time. NFL Draft Props on deck. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here on Sirius XM on channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And I said that we got the Hitman coming in. Tom Hughes at Hitman428 on Twitter. And this guy, when it comes to NFL props, he does sides, he does totals, but he does props at another level. And I wanted to bring him in to talk NFL draft. Let's bring him in. Without any further ado, Hitman Tom Hughes, how are you today, my friend? Nice to talk to you, Teddy. I'm, we're fortunate that 
we had a, a pretty good Super Bowl, and um, I'm hoping we have a pretty good NFL draft, which is probably my favorite event of the entire year. Well, <laughs> are you serious? Like, you like the NFL draft better than Christmas? You like the NFL draft better than, oh, I don't know, the first snowfall or the first warm day of spring or any of that stuff, 4th of July? NFL draft, is that dear to your heart? Yeah, don't don't tell the family. Don't tell the, the girlfriend, but... That is probably my favorite day of the year, the NFL draft. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, it's interesting because, again, this is just one man's opinion. But if you notice, and we'll talk about season wins in just a moment, season win totals. Season win totals are popping out before the draft. And that's typical in the NFL, where you see books post numbers for how many wins, over-under numbers for how many wins uh, teams are going to get next year. Before the draft even takes place. So it's clear that from a betting market standpoint, when it comes to week one, when it comes to this season, the NFL draft isn't that important. Agree or disagree? I'd agree for the most part. I mean, uh, it's it's tough for even these NFL teams to evaluate these prospects and how good they're going to be. So where does that leave us as betters? I mean, we're, we're obviously not as qualified to predict how these college players are going to play in the NFL that the, the so-called experts running these teams are. So, you know, it's very rare for me to have a team that I'm going to upgrade or downgrade significantly based off the draft because as we've uh, gotten to see throughout the years, the draft is, is just so random. So I think that it's a good idea for a lot of these places that, that they're opening the season wins. And you know what? At the very most, I could ever see myself upgrading or downgrading a team after the NFL draft would, would be a half a win. And that's probably at the absolute most. Yeah, I mean, the only time that I'm making a significant adjustment to my powering numbers off the NFL draft is when a team – that you weren't expecting to be trading away guys or trading down or building depth. When a team does that, and it's clear they're going into rebuilding mode. You know, from the draft, a team that you thought, well, maybe they'll compete this year. And then after the draft, you're like, no, they just drafted a quarterback. You know, uh, they traded down, you know, they traded two veterans and got six more picks. Um, this is not a team that is looking to make a run in that current season. So it's much more downgrade than upgrade when it comes to the NFL draft. And yet, you see it every year. Remember Dallas last year, the Cowboys draft? And after the day of the draft, I was like, Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl. Bet the Cowboys over. Oh, my God, Dallas is the best draft. Um, that's not unique to last year. Uh, there's no upside. There's only downside when it comes to these season win totals. Agree or disagree? Yeah, you know, if anything, and just like the what you said with the Cowboys, if anything, I would be looking to maybe see if the public would overreact to a draft for a team. Like like last year with Dallas, everyone said, oh, well, they got C.D. Lamb now, and they had such a good draft. Their, their offense is going to be so great. Well, guess what? A draft, and specifically a third wide receiver, he's not going to be worth a ton to a <laughs> season win. And that's what you saw last year with Dallas. And if anything, I would, I would let the public overreact to a draft, which they, they tend to do sometimes. And then I would be looking maybe a few days before the season, once all the people are, are betting a certain way, overreacting, then that's when I would look to go the opposite way because uh, the increased value that you're going to get from people overreacting. 
So we've got ample time to talk draft props, talk about your process for draft for uh, um, and, and really I want to focus today on your process, not the picks. You're going to give out a couple of picks. I'm sure you will. Uh, I hope you will anyway. Uh, but the goal is the to help our casual recreational betting friends out there in listener land get a sense of what it takes to beat this at a high level. So I really want to focus on process. But before we do that, let's talk general NFL offseason thoughts so far before the draft. Are there any teams that you think got noticeably better in free agency? One or two teams that got noticeably better, better, or maybe a team or two that got noticeably worse in free agency? A team of you upgraded or downgraded significantly since the end of the regular season? I'll give you one of each. So the the team that I would upgrade a lot is is a more obvious team, and I think that the market is reflecting how much better they got this off season right now. But that that would be the New England Patriots and. We got to see with New England, I mean, last year, it was really a miracle that they went 7-9, and nine, and I think it was a tremendous coaching job that they went 7-9 and nine because they just did not have the talent. And you, you see this offseason, they, they add wide receiver Aguilar, they, they bring in two top 10 tight ends to, to now run that 12 personnel uh, offense that they're going to have, and we see they got right tackle Trent Brown, they got an edge rusher and Matt Judon, and let's not forget that last year they had a ton of players that opted out and didn't play, so they're going to get those guys back. So I think that for sure New England probably upgraded their roster the best out of any team this off season. If, if I was looking for a team that I downgraded a lot, it, it would be your hometown Vegas Raiders, and you know I thought they over last year to what their talent level was. And you see this year now that they lost their starting center, right guard, right tackle, wide receiver, and they did very little to replace them. And one of their big signings in free agency was one of the most questionable signings of the offseason in Kenyon Drake. So Mayock and Gruden, they have a really poor track record so far of how they've done with their personnel moves. And it, it's hard to believe that they're going to get it right again this year just because of the history that we, we have to look on on how they've done. So Vegas would probably be the team that I downgraded the most. And it's worth noting, you know, when you talk about uh, one of the things I always talk about or I think about uh, as I'm upgrading and downgrading is what are the other teams in the division doing? So you talk about a team like the Patriots. Well, Miami, uh, they overachieved to get 10 wins last year. I don't think they're going to be a whole lot better this year. Buffalo had an explosive season a year ago and won 13 games. They're not going to do better than that, you know. Uh, they're certainly not lying to do better than that. And the Jets at 2-14 and 14 last year, they may not be a whole lot better, but they're not going to be any worse. So the teams in the division around New England are not trending upwards, shall we say, which is a positive sign. But you look at the Raiders, and I'll tell you what, the Chargers look real good on paper coming into, you know, and again, we're still well in the offseason, but the Chargers certainly, uh, you know, came on like a freight train down the stretch uh, last year and have that level of potential to take the next step in 2021. And I'll tell you what, I like that Broncos team on paper. Um, I, I like the moves they've made this offseason. And Denver, another team that was riddled with injuries a year ago, that should be better. I know KC is going to be better. You know, they won 14 games a year ago and, they, too, have uh, their fair share of offensive line issues. But 
the Raiders as a team to step take a step down in the pecking order makes sense with the two teams behind them in the standings, both having improved their level of play in the offseason. Now, Tom, uh, we're about to go into break. So I still have a ton I want to ask you, and I'm going to start real quick with this question. NFL season win totals. Do you get involved? And tell me about anything you've seen so far. Again, that's not a mature marketplace yet. Those numbers are just starting to come out. We'll talk on NFL season wins and NFL draft props coming up next with Tom the Hitman Hughes. This is the 13th day of waiting, the second long weekend. These liberties you take in the gap. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM. Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. I'm joined by the Hitman, Tom Hughes, at Hitman, uh, what is it on Twitter? At Hitman428 uh, on Twitter. And Tom, well, we talked a little bit before the break about some general NFL offseason thoughts. I want to ask you about season winners. Do you get involved with these wagers, or are you much more of a draft guy and less of a win total guy? Oh, no, I, I love the season win totals, and I'm, I'm typically betting them pretty early because I believe that since I'm following the NFL year-round and the odds makers aren't, or they are to a lesser degree, I believe that you could get a lot of value early in the year. And once you get to, like, maybe late August, I think a lot of people have a general idea of how these teams are looking. But I think one of the biggest edges you could have is get that general idea early in April and May. And and getting some good uh, numbers at that point. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, and I got a question. I actually got a, uh, I forget if it was on email or via Twitter, but someone asked me a question uh, about Winto. He's like, why don't you just bet them all uh, at the end of preseason? Aren't you worried that guys are going to get hurt? And the answer is yes, you're worried that guys are going to get hurt, but <laughs> uh, the uh, you lose all your value by the end of August. You really do. Um so if you're going to get involved with the win total marketplace, sometimes by the end of August, you can bet against some of the ridiculous line moves that you've seen throughout the course of the summer months. But if you're going to beat the NFL win totals on a consistent basis, you're not waiting until late August to make those wagers. Certainly not your first wagers into that uh, marketplace. So let's talk about it. Anything you've seen so far that has attracted your interest when it comes to the NFL season win total marketplace? And uh, I'll, let me ask that first, and I'll ask you a follow after. So it, it's a very uh, – it's not a mature market right now. So the, the limits aren't exactly as high as I would like to be. So I really haven't placed much right now. But I'll, I'll give you – the only one that I placed, and I was able to get a decent amount down on this, was I really like Minnesota over this year. That's crazy and that you just said that. Literally, the only one that stood out to me was Minnesota. I kid you not. Over eight and a half wins with a little bit of juice. I was like, that's was the like, one that jumped off the page at me. And for you to come out, I mean, we didn't talk about this before we came on air. That's the one I was going to talk about. Cool. Talk to me about the Vikings. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. 
No problem. It sounds like everybody listening is going to have a, a good wager to tell us on. But um, <laughs> Minnesota actually opened in uh, one of the New Jersey shops at uh, over eight wins, minus 130. I, I got as much as I could possibly get down on that number. I, I actually make my own season win numbers, and I came up with 9.3 on Minnesota. So as I'm looking at the market right now, I'm seeing eight and a half on Minnesota. Minus yeah. one fifty or so, that that's still a play for me, and I would have bet it big at eight and a half if that was the number that was available to me. And it really comes down to this: you you look at Mike Zimmer's track record. He he has an excellent track record as the head coach. He's a good head coach. Their defense last year was not good. The only year in Mike Zimmer's entire tenure that their defense wasn't good. Now, why was that? Well, they had. Uh, NFL record amount of rookies on their roster, most of them on defense, and they didn't have a full offseason because of Corona to get acquainted to the system. And they also had a massive amount of injuries and opt-outs. This year, you get back to Neil Hunter, you get back Michael Pierce, you add Dalvin Tomlinson, you get back Anthony Barr, you get uh, Eric Hendricks, and then you're getting Patrick Peterson back. So this defense is suddenly going to go from one of the worst, I think, to at least above average. And the offense last year was not the problem. Top five in the NFL in yards per play. And, Teddy, I, I would challenge anybody to name a better trio of skill position players than Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and rookie of the year, Justin Jefferson. And for, for all the crap that Kirk Cousins gets from the media, he's still an above-average quarterback. So I think Minnesota has a track record of being a good team. And I think that last year was more of a, uh, a fluke than um, what, as opposed to predicting the future for this team. Sure. And one other thing worth noting, you make, I mean, great points, one after the next about the Vikings. Just I'm going to add one more point, and that's there's no team in that division that looks on paper better than they were a year ago. You know, uh, the Bears, the Bears signed Andy Dalton. <laughs> well, we'll have, they signed exactly. Andy Dalton, dude. I mean, there's nothing, there's, there's no sugarcoating it. There's no excuse for it. There's no anything for it. The Bears said, hmm, look at all these free agent quarterbacks and quarterbacks we can draft. Andy Dalton's the guy that I want. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so the Bears aren't better. The Lions aren't going to be better with Goff or not to, uh, on any significant uh, level. And the Packers, who won 13 games a year ago, uh, will be hard-pressed to approach that win total this year. So there's room for Minnesota to move up in the standings. Maybe a fair bit of room. And Zimmer is a coach that we like. Now, one last question about win totals, and we'll move on to the draft. But I want to say, uh, we talked about the numbers that are out now. Is there anything that you're like, well, this is maybe a half win away, and maybe the markets will push it there for me? Is there anything that you've seen in these early numbers that... You're saying it's close, but I'm hoping to see the markets give me a little bit more. The Chiefs at 12 is one that stands out to me. I would love to bet the Chiefs under 12 and a half wins. I really would. Defending Super Bowl losers, offensive line issues, skill position talent issues, which they haven't had in recent years. And I'm not convinced the defense is going to be all that good. And back-to-back Super Bowls, you know, KC's poised to take a step back this year. But I want 12 and a half. I think I might get it, but they're not there now. Uh, are you seeing any teams like that that you're kind of targeting for a potential over or under wager, but the market just isn't where you hope it's going to be 
in a few in a month or two from now. Well, there's a team that I know you just said earlier that you were pretty high on, and that was Denver Broncos. And yeah. I'm seeing seven and a half plus money right now at, at most shops on their over. If if I could get a seven, maybe minus one thirty ish, each half win is worth about forty five cents to the line. I would say if, if I could get a seven on Denver, I think that they have one of the five, six, seven best rosters in the NFL. If you take away the quarterback, now I understand that quarterback is the most important position, but you, you know, we'll see what happens in the draft. They, they could they could draft a quarterback. They could get one maybe through a trade, and, and they don't need an elite quarterback. Or maybe Drew Locke takes a step and at least becomes average because they don't need a great quarterback to win eight, nine games. They just need somebody that's really not going to screw it up because their skill position players are excellent. Their offensive line is solid, coached by one of the best O-line coaches, Mike Munchak. And we know their defense is talented, and we know they have a great defensive coach in Vic Fangio. So, for me, if, if I could get a seven on Denver with, with some extra juice, that that's one of the plays that um, I'm eyeing. I would, again, agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, the rule of thumb that I've used for many years with win totals, you said 45 cents is a half a win. I've, I've, I've always averaged 50 cents, uh, you know, 50 cents worth of juice is a half a win, meaning Eight and a half uh, under minus 150 is a moral equivalent of eight under even money. But it's worth a little bit more on the margins, meaning when you get to the teams that are at the, at the very top of the standings, when you're asking them to win 12 games as opposed to 12 and a half or 11 and a half, that, you know, or at the bottom of the standings, you're asking a team to win four and a half games as opposed to five, uh, for example. Um, it can be worth more than 50 cents worth of juice to get your preferred number. Let's talk about the draft. Now, I know we've been talking and we've been dancing around it <laughs> for two segments. Let's get into it because it's really intimidating for casual bettors. How do you find the lines you're looking for? How do you compare numbers from book to book? Talk about the logistics of shopping for the lines you're looking for and comparing Apples to oranges, based on because the, the books are offering different props. Um, it's not something where there's an aggregate marketplace like you have for a side and a total on your standard NFL game. You know, th- this isn't going to be the answer that a lot, a lot of people want to hear, but it, it's a lot of work checking all of these accounts. And if, especially if you have a lot of sports books to play into, which I fortunately do, and I recommend for anybody that's trying to win doing this, you really have to just put in a lot of hours just looking and monitoring all the lines at these places. And what makes it different than a normal side or total, as you said, is for a side and total, there's a Don Best screen. And on that Don Best screen, you're going to see every major sports book in the entire world, and you're going to see what their line is on a specific game. But for the NFL draft, there's no Don Best screen that's going to tell you that. So, it's a lot of man hours, but one of the benefits of it is that the sports books don't have a Don Best screen either. So what that means is if you start to see steam on, on one side and you start to see a certain prop is getting bet up, then you'll be able to find a lot of places that are going to be slower to move it 
if, if you really do put in the hours and you check all, all of your sites for, for these you lines. Come to this happy place so basically the answer is there are no shortcuts. <laughs> and as a better, it's something I like to preach over and over again. It doesn't matter if it's size, totals, you know, if you do the work, if you put the time in, you have a decent chance of having positive expectation results. If you don't put the time in, you don't do the work, and you're betting your gut, best of luck. <laughs> you might be hot for a while, but it's going to be hard to stay hot as long as you'll need to. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting covers here on Cover It. Well... <laughs> Cover it with Teddy Covers uh, continues. I'm joined, of course, and now for another segment with Tom, the Hitman Hughes. We're talking NFL draft props, and I want to talk process before we talk picks. If I'm just starting to bet NFL draft props, how do I do it? Step by step. Give me a... <laughs> how do you start if you want to become an NFL draft betting expert like you are? Well, like I said in the previous segment, it's a lot of work, as we were saying. So you really need to, to be on top of a lot of the mock drafts, and you need to have a good idea of who are the, the top beat writers for each team that you can really rely on for information and you think they're plugged in. But one thing that I, I say to everybody is you can't just follow every single mock draft because there's a lot of people that are putting – mock drafts out there for clicks and for publicity and they really don't have inside information uh, they're not talking to anybody in, in the buildings of these teams so I, I think where you start is you, you get a foundation of maybe five six seven guys that you think they're plugged in you think that they know what they're talking about and you start to survey what their mocks are and you start to maybe see if you find any common uh, themes in the mocks, like, oh, uh, six of my seven guys that I rely on, they, they think that there's going to be five wide receivers, and the over-under right now is, is four and a half. So maybe that's a play I'm going to look to. And then uh, as you get that information, you, you look at some of the beat writers for specific teams. Hey, what do they say that this team needs? What What, what is their offseason shown about um, what they think the weaknesses of their team is? So it's really, you're just gathering as much information as you possibly can, but you need to be able to differentiate what information is legitimate and what information is, is BS. Well, that's the biggest question that I have. Is like, how do you deal with, well, I guess I have two questions, two follow-ups from there. One is you talked about the beat writers, so that's not your Todd McShays and your Mel Kuypers that you're interested in, or those the or Pete Prisco or any of the big names who put out the mock drafts. Or are you interested in their mock draft info from the big names, but then the specific team info coming from the beat writers? 
Yeah, so each NFL team will have multiple tons of beat writers. And yep. what I would like, to, what I like to do is I find maybe the one or two that I think are the best at doing their job and that the best at, are the best at being connected into the team. And these beat writers, they're, they're following this team year round. That's their job. They have one specific team that they focus on. So obviously they're going to have a, uh, they're going to be really knowledgeable about these teams. And uh, I'll look to find the, the one or two that I think are the top ones and, you can see they'll be writing articles about the draft and they'll mention, Hey, um, this team was looking for a certain position in free agency. They made some offers. They, they didn't sign it. it. It's still a weakness for them coming into the draft. And they've made it clear that, that they're looking to upgrade that position. And then you can kind of correlate that into your betting. And a, a lot of these places like DraftKings and, and MGM, they have odds up what position will a team take? So if you could get a specific position, and a lot of times they're, they're big, juicy numbers, plus 400, plus 500. If you could focus on a specific position that you know that this team is looking to address, you, you could get an edge just from uh, looking into the people that really know these teams well. So how do you deal with the misinformation? Because, I mean, we talked about the process for the GMs and for the teams, whereas the experts – you know, the guys who are actually, you know, at the combine and seeing the players and they're interviewing their coaches, they get half of the draft choices wrong, if not more. <laughs> then you have uh, GMs passing out bad info intentionally to try to send teams in the wrong direction. How do you deal with the intentional misinformation that's out there when it comes to betting the NFL draft? Well, uh, I'll try to focus. When there's information being reported, uh, I'll try to focus on the credibility of the person reporting it. Obviously there's tons of people that are putting out misinformation, but you want to maybe look for the reports from the more credible people, such as Daniel Jeremiah, Adam Schefter. And there's a few others that I didn't mention. And you want to see what they're saying. And you want to kind of see if it makes logical sense. You know, sometimes there'll be just absolutely wacky reports out there on what a team is looking to do like even right now there, there's a report out there oh dallas might be looking to trade up from 10 to 4 to atlanta to get kyle pitts who, who jerry jones is enamored with well that that one's kind of hard to believe because dallas has a ton of holes on defense and they're really not in the the, the position to give up two first round two three first round picks to make that type of move so you, you kind of want to see what what are the credible reports? Who do you think is credible? And then see if there's logic uh, applied to, to what they're reporting. So let me ask you this. Are, are you a college football handicapper? Do you take your own opinion of players that you saw in college in the process? Um, or is that not a piece of the puzzle for what you're trying to no. do? Yeah, I don't watch much college. But you know what? Even if I did, it's not important to me because my opinion of a college player is irrelevant. And I think that what so many people get in trouble with, and, and even you see it with the third pick with Mac Jones versus the Justin Fields debate, everybody who, all the fans that watched in college are saying, oh, Justin Fields is way better than Mac Jones. How the Niners would be stupid to, to pass on Justin Fields from Mac Jones. Well, you can't put your opinion 
into your handicap because what you think is irrelevant, all that matters is what does Kyle Shanahan think and what does John Lynch think. So I, I never would put my own opinion of any player into uh, my draft handicapping. It's just me trying to figure out what, what other people's opinions are. So last question, then I'm going to ask you for some specific draft props. But here's the concept. The GMs are lying and the draft evaluators are wrong. How could betters be right? Well, we, uh, we could be right by, I think, one, you could be right by playing the market. And you could see where are these lines moving and, and getting good numbers. So, for example, Mac Jones, as I was talking about earlier, he was off the board at most places to be the third overall pick when the 49ers traded for that pick. It was mainly the two quarterbacks, Lance and Fields. And then all of a sudden you start seeing reports hey, they might actually like Mac Jones. They, they, they might actually take him. Well, at that point, you're getting an amazing price on him to go third overall. So you could get plus 1000 on him. So where you could be right is just getting great numbers and reacting to information quicker than the sports books can react to it. Because if you're really focusing on this, which I am, you're going to be able. You're going to be constantly checking Twitter, constantly checking for news. Whereas a sports book, they, they're worrying about baseball, they're worrying about hockey, they're worrying about basketball. Their attention isn't on the NFL draft 24/7. So that's where you could be right, and you could get an edge is just reacting to the information and getting ahead of the sports book. We've got just a few minutes left here with Tom, the Hitman Hughes, and Tom. I want uh, give a give our throw, throw our audience a bone out there. Give them a draft prop or two that you've bet. It's free play time, preferably something that's still available. Um, explain your reasoning. <laughs> okay, so uh, a lot of the stuff I've played, unfortunately, the lines move or it's available at only one one or two specific books, which is why it's super important to have a ton of options to bet these into. But the one play that, that's really widely available right now, and I've, I've referenced a few times already is I like Mac Jones to be the third overall pick at plus 125. And he, he was minus 300 as recently as a few days ago, but a lot of steam started coming in on fields. And I, it, it was based in my opinion on a lot of reporters that I, I'm not going to say they're not credible, but they're not as credible as the people that I've been following in my opinion that moved that market up to begin with. Adam Schefter went on and he said that he would be stunned if it wasn't Mac Jones. Daniel Jeremiah said that he would be very surprised if it wasn't Mac Jones. Mike Lombardi, he has a lot of connections in the NFL, and he said that 98% of the league that he talks to thinks they're taking Mac Jones. And all, all of a sudden you had some reports from some lower-level reporters that were saying, oh, the Niners are considering fields. And, and a lot of people, I think, also started to put their own opinion into that and saying, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I watched fields. He, he's a lot better. It, it makes perfect sense that they're going to take him. And they drove that market up to where fields is the favorite right now. 
And I'm not buying it at the moment. I, I think that Mac Jones plus 125 to, to be the third overall pick has some value because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm siding with Adam Schefter and Daniel Jeremiah and all the top reporters on that market. And if given the choice on which reporters to side with on a bet, th- those are the guys I feel are, are right more often than they, they aren't. There was one other you talked about earlier. You talked about wide receivers over under four and a half uh, in the first round. Or was that just an example uh, that you were giving? Because you said you thought there were going to be five receivers taken. And is that enough of an edge to pull the trigger on something like that? If you think if the number's four and a half and you think there's going to be five, um, you know, <laughs> that's it's not a whole lot of leeway there. Yeah, th- so that, that's something I did play, but that actually opened at four and a half around minus 110 juice for both sides. And now there's a lot of talk about that this is a pretty good receiver class, at least top-heavy. And that, that number has been driven up all the way to, to minus 200, minus 225. So it's not an official play for me at that number. But it, it's just another example of trying to maybe get ahead of the news and seeing a lot more mock drafts, putting five, six receivers in the first round, and you, you get ahead of ahead of the books by uh, getting to that line at minus one ten before it gets adjusted to, to minus two hundred ish. Great stuff, Tom Hitman Hughes. Uh, we got about thirty seconds left, buddy. Promote <laughs> whatever you want to promote. So uh, you can follow me on at Hitman four two eight, and in my bio, I have a link for uh, purchasing some of my packages. And uh, give me a follow on Twitter. Hopefully you find the, the content that I'm giving useful. And I appreciate being on, Teddy. Hey, it's great to have you on. And I love, I, I like bringing you on for the big football events. We had you on for Super Bowl. We have you on for NFL Draft. I'm sure we'll have you on again before the NFL a preseason rolls around. So uh, thanks so much, Hitman. Uh, best of luck this weekend and enjoy the games. You're allowed to say bye. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> All good, my friend. When we come back, we got a little home stretch here on Cover It. And then, of course, our number two, Dave Copen talking MLB. Stay tuned. Cover It continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here the home stretch of our number one. For uh, cover it, of course, and that was strong stuff from Hitman talking about how betters can still find edges in the draft, even though there's a ton of misinformation being put out there. And it really is a unique scenario. I am not personally an NFL draft expert, I would not claim to be an NFL draft expert. Season wins are another story, all right? You know, that's my marketplace, but the NFL draft to me. It's hard to compare book to book. It's hard to get down significant wagers. It's hard to figure out which GMs are telling the truth and which GMs are just blowing smoke. 
And that, to me, has always left me on the sidelines. But I know that there are many, many betters out there who love betting the NFL draft. And I know that there are some guys who put the time in to beat it. <laughs> That's why I try to bring them on the show and see if we can give, have them help you with some decent information. And, of course, when it comes to these quarterbacks, and, again, the quarterbacks now, it looks like they're all going to go bang, 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 right at the top. All right. Count me in as a Trevor Lawrence believer, okay? And if Lawrence does not pan out as a pro, well, he wouldn't be the first one who looked really good <laughs> that didn't pan out as a pro. But from a pure arm strength, does he get it? Uh, does he play the appropriate level of competition, et cetera, et cetera? Trevor Lawrence is my guy, and that's why he's going to be the number one overall draft choice. When it comes to the rest of the crew, first round, second round, third round, I don't see an impact player. I don't see an impact QB. I don't see the one QB, even in Zach Wilson, who's, oh, yeah, that's going to make the difference. For the entirety of the season, was it Zach Wilson played uh, teams that had a grand total of three NFL caliber defenders? No, no, no. Mac Jones? No, no, no. no. The kid out of North Dakota State? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Not buying any of them. It's Trevor Lawrence, and everybody else is going to be Brian Leaf. What all is said and done. I talked about it last week when I'm like, what are the Jets doing trading away Darnold? It's easy to find something to like when they haven't been tested. Coverage continues. Continue.